Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.42 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 22nd of April, 2022. This is episode 578 of Bitcoin. And reminder, the Beef Initiative Conference in Kerrville, Texas is tomorrow. That is tomorrow. God willing, I will be there. I think that I'm, I well, if God willing, I get into the car after I pick up my kids from school and drive my happy ass six and a half hours away to Kerrville, Texas. I will be attending the conference. Like I said, God willing, please pray for me. None of you really probably realize just how bad luck I might be experiencing over the past few years. Uh, anything can happen. I mean, literally, I, I, I'm literally going, okay, what's going to happen? I was going to go outside and my Jeep's on fire or, you know, or, or something blows up like the sewer line completely implodes and <clears throat> I won't be able to go. I mean, I'm serious, dude. This, this kind of shit happens to me every week in, in either event. If you are anywhere close to the Texas Hill Country, I highly recommend you grabbing a ticket to the Beef Initiative Conference. I mean, come on. They're only like, they're like 200 bucks. And if you buy them with Bitcoin and you have that option, you can save like an extra 10%. So how would one go about doing that? Well, I don't know. Let's just type in stuff like the beefinitiative.com. Actually, it's beefinitiative.com. And yes. Go to beefinitiative.com, beef initiative is all one word, and click the button that says get tickets, and after you do that, look for an orange, uh, let's see, an orange highlighted sentence sentence that says 10% discount if paying with Bitcoin on adult general admission ticket, Okay. So pay, that's how you do it. If you, if you just go, because it takes you to gopassage.com, which is a ticketing website. And if you just say get tickets, you won't have the option to pay in Bitcoin. If you want the option to pay in Bitcoin, when you go, when you first click on get tickets out of the beef initiative, don't click the get tickets. Scroll down and look for highlighted in orange, paying with Bitcoin. That will take you to the option where you can actually use Bitcoin to purchase the ticket, which is what I did. And instead of paying 200 bucks, I paid like 180, something like that. I, I, got, I got a good 10% discount on the whole damn thing. So <clears throat> that said, it is Saturday, April the 23rd, which is tomorrow. It starts at 9 a.m. And it looks like it uh, ends at four. And then dinner is from 6.30 to 8.30. It's the beef plate dinner. Uh, K&C Cattle will provide some of their best cuts of tasty, healthy, Texas-grown Austin beef. All right, so there you go. And oh, by the way, uh, let's see let's see if I can find out who's on the panel here. Uh, Texas Slim, Cole Bolton from K&C Cattle. Marty Bent will be there. Jimmy Song, uh, Marie Claire. Teresa Martin, uh, Michael Atwood, Parker Lewis is going to be there, and Jason Rich is going to be there. Now, I'd heard that Adam Curry was going to be there, but maybe he had to pull out or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he's just going to be there as a guest and not as a speaker. Who knows? Uh, he's, he's definitely somebody that I'd like to meet. So I'm hoping that he is there. So anyway, uh, like I said, tomorrow, the Beef Initiative Conference, Kerrville, Texas, Saturday, April the 23rd, 2022, 9 a.m. Central Daylight Time. Now, let's see, what do we have here? Oh, yes, I am shadow banned. Yes, it happened. It happened. Um, 
I am what's called ghost banned on Twitter, which means that I am going to be severely limited in what tweets that I put out actually get seen by the public at large. Why? Because I had a 12 hour uh, hold put on my account for saying something nasty to somebody from the news media. I'm starting to see a pattern here. If you say anything at all to a blue check that is part of the established mainstream media, they will retaliate and Twitter will listen to them. And it doesn't matter what you said, you will be tagged. All right. This is the way this is called protectionism and it's a fucking racket. Right. Okay. So, um, what did I, <laughs> what did I say? Well, I, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this. Let me get it up here in response to Sam Stein, who was bemoaning bemoaning and retching and crying his eyes out and gut-wrenching himself over the closure of CNN Plus, their ill-fated streaming service. I He said, please, you guys are being mean. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You guys are being mean. These people are losing their jobs, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't really have fucking feeling one for any of these people because they were all part of the crew that applauded when people got their businesses shut down applauded when people were forced to take fucking vaccinations, which are now killing people and a whole host of other things, not to mention the raw, raw for the endless wars that started in 2001. And by the way, they were raw, rawing when George Bush senior did his war in the middle East prior to 2001. And they were, man, they were like, they had embeds and, they were all over the war. They had Wolf Blitzer in a hotel room hiding under a desk in, what, Baghdad when the whole bombing thing came up. And it was just amazing. He was talking about how scared he was. And I'm like, then why are you in a city that you know is slated to have the living daylights bombed the shit out of it and complaining that you're scared because your safety is in question? Of course your safety is in question. You're in a hot zone. You're in a city that is slated to be bombed and you knew it was going to be bombed. That's why you were there so that you could take pictures of the bombing. And I, I, I don't know. I don't have any sympathy for these people, which is why I told Sam Stein as to his belly aching that I honestly hope you all burn for what you've done over the past two decades. Bam. 15 minutes later, they're like, you got to delete this tweet. So I snapshotted it, thank God, before, uh, I, <laughs> before I had to delete it. But it was the only way to get back on Twitter. And my question on that one is, dude, do you really? Why are you making me do it? Like, you can't delete a tweet. Bullshit. What should have been said is, your shit is locked down for 12 hours. We've deleted this tweet. We don't think that this is cool. Y'all should have done it yourself. So I, it begs the question. Why make me do it? What are you trying to prove here? What are you trying to prove? Anyway, screw it. Birdside is burning down. It, it just is. I, we're, we're literally witnessing it in real time. So, you know, uh, it, it, it is what it is. Just understand that <clears throat> Birdside is not your friend, um, even though that it is our main tool of communication for right now. So yeah, shadow band or ghost band, God only knows if that'll ever be lifted, but I checked it out by the way, using, let's see what I can, uh, the shadow band test, which is shadowband.userriza.com. That's spelled Y-U-Z, let's see, what was it? Y-U-Z-U-R-I-S-A. And you can use it to check your account, see if you have any kind of bands on you at all. Now, <clears throat> On to the news, Bitcoin Magazine and Sean Amick is reporting on this one. Morgan Stanley says Bitcoin is close to being a currency, as per a report. Morgan Stanley, one of the largest global banks in the world, recently stated that Bitcoin has reached an important milestone to be more widely used as a currency, according to a report from Coindesk. The report states that Strike, a fintech payment processor for the Bitcoin Lightning Network, integrating with Blackhawk Network, the largest payment processor in the world, paves the way for Bitcoin to cement itself as a medium of exchange. Morgan Stanley reportedly said that the evolution of Bitcoin usage as a medium of payment 
will be fueled by the ability of consumers to choose paying with BTC through Lightning in physical locations, rather than only being able to use the peer-to-peer -peer currency online. The banking giant further explained that sending small payments is more practical with Lightning than with debit cards, as the Bitcoin second layer network can route transactions while charging almost no fees. Low transaction fees and open accessibility make adoption easier for merchants, which Morgan Stanley thinks will lessen the burden of volatility as the continued acceptance of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as a means of payment might lead to a fall in their volatility, according to the report. Strike CEO Jack Mallers announced the company's integration with Blackhawk at the Bitcoin 2022 conference in a riveting presentation of monetary history and its lack of innovation over the last few decades. One interesting component of this integration is that Strike leverages Bitcoin, the network, to allow merchants to never touch Bitcoin, the asset, as a means of payment. As a result, the consumer can spend their BTC while the merchant receives dollars with nearly zero fee deduction and at the same time doesn't need to worry with additional accounting requirements. All right, so now Morgan Stanley is figuring this shit out. <clears throat> and I remember I was there when... Lightning Network uh, white paper dropped. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, is there any, like, you know, functional design for this thing? And a couple of years later, Lightning Labs dropped the first implementation of the Lightning Network, and we were all called reckless, hashtag reckless, when we put any money into it at all. And a lot of us did. Why? Because we were excited about... Getting a, getting a hold of a new package or, or a new node software package and figuring out how this shit works. So, you you know, we put in like 50 bucks, started spinning up channels, figuring out how all this stuff works. We're still figuring out how this all works. And people like Roger Ver were laughing at us, saying this will never work. It'll never work. We were told by many, many, many OG Bitcoiners that this will never work, that lightning is just a flash in the pan. And we staunchly stood our ground and said, no, this is not a flash in the pan. This is the first iteration of many iterations to come of what will inevitably lead to Bitcoin's rise as a global monetary asset, if not a global reserve currency. It's happening. It's happening before our eyes. And yet we still bounce around the 39,000, 42,000 mark. Why? I staunchly believe it's because of futures ETFs and the synthetic derivatives market that is the bullshit. Let's bet on the price of Bitcoin and not actually hold the fucking asset itself situation that we find ourselves in. At one point or another, maybe the United States and the SEC will approve a spot Bitcoin ETF to balance the idiocy that I'm seeing in the markets right now, because almost every single time a piece of good news comes out about Bitcoin, the first thing that happens is the price drops. You tell me what the hell that means, because this is honestly, I've been here since 2015. This is, has been a very new playing field for me. And I really think it's all because of the release of the not one, not two, not three, not four, not, but five. Bitcoin futures ETF products in the United States of America. Now, screw it. Market wrap. Bitcoin rise loses steam after Fed comments. Now, this is a piece that might describe why we lost the gains that we saw yesterday and the day before. Coindesk, and it has been, been being written by Damanic Dante and Angelique Chen. Market wrap. Let's get into it. Bitcoin backed away from Thursday highs of 42,965 during the New York trading day. The cryptocurrency is showing signs of improving momentum, according to some technical indicators, which could support further upside toward $47,000 to $50,000. On Thursday, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said raising the benchmark U.S. interest rate by 50 basis points, or 0.5 percentage point, will be on the table for the next Federal Open Market Committee, or the FOMAC, and that will be in May. So far, tighter monetary policy has been a headwind for speculative assets, such as stocks and cryptocurrencies this year. Alternative cryptocurrencies, or shitcoins, continued their lead relative to Bitcoin on Thursday, indicating a greater appetite for risk among traders. 
For example, Tron's token surged by 14% compared with BTC's flat performance over the same period. The graph's GRT token also rose by as much as 6%. Stocks were mixed on Thursday, while the 10-year Treasury yield ticked higher toward 2.9% as investors positioned themselves for higher interest rates. You know what that means. That means selling off your damn bonds, which is exactly what we're seeing. Nobody wants to hold this shit right now. And it's going to come back to bite the Fed. They waited way too late. And when I mean way too late, they never should have done the 2008 bailouts. They never should have done the QE 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, infinity. If they had never done any of that and just let the failures fail where they stood, we wouldn't be anywhere close to this kind of mess. But here we are. Raising 50 basis points isn't going to do shit. Sorry, it's, it's just not. It's just, well, it's going to be bad. It'll do that. But I still, <clears throat> I still uh, project that what will happen is that they'll do this to make it look like they're trying to do something. And then they will come in to save the day by putting the interest rates back down to rock bottom. But, you know, I may be wrong. Why? According to the Bank of Canada, I'm a financial idiot. But Emmanuel Macron on crypto says he doesn't believe in a self-regulated financial sector. <laughs> of course you don't, you dipshit. David Atlee from Cointelegraph has it mere days before the second round of the fateful presidential election in France. The incumbent president of the Republic, Emmanuel Macron, sat down with local media to share his thoughts on the digital economy. Responding to a sequence of questions about digital economies, Web3 and quote-unquote crypto, the incumbent president stood firm by his trademark cautiousness towards innovation. Quote, it represents an opportunity not to be missed for France and Europe to lead the future generations of the web. But it is also a social and societal change. Of course, end quote. Uh, Macron seemed pleased to note how number of French unicorn companies, that is private startups valued at $1 billion or more, rose from three to 26 during his presidential term. While overall investments in French startups increased five-fold, he also mentioned sitting, setting the bar at 100 French companies with unicorn status and 10 being European giants by 2030. One way to achieve that, Macron said, would be expanding code learning in public schools to train 400 to 500,000 additional developers over the next five years. The president also elaborated on his earlier mention of the European metaverse, saying that it's important for European players not to depend on American or Chinese technological giants and mastering the technological building blocks associated with Web3. Europe, he maintained, has an edge in the NFT sector due to its immense cultural heritage. Holy shit. Macron said, quote, We cannot consider our cultural policy without this revolution. I want our main cultural institutions to develop an NFT policy by promoting, disseminating, and pr protecting the digital twins or variations of their physical collections, in quote. Commenting on the recent European Parliament regulations of crypto, Macron supported the current approach and the MICA framework specifically, noting that the new rules should not hinder innovation, quote, I don't believe in a self-regulated financial sector. This would be neither sustainable nor democratic. He's so high. It is up to the public authorities to define the right conditions to allow the sector to develop in confidence while encouraging innovation, end quote, Jesus Christ. The 44-year-old politician also vocally supported the Digital Euro Project, which has been getting pushback from the public recently. Oh my God, so that's the end of the article. I got, I have to read this paragraph again. I don't believe in a self-regulated financial sector. This would be neither sustainable nor democratic. Okay, self-regulated is not democratic. I'm having difficulty grasping Onto that idea, let's continue with other stupidity. It is up to the public authorities to define the right conditions to allow the sector to develop in confidence while encouraging innovation. No, it is not up to the public authorities. You have done a piss poor job for 5,000 years. 5,000 years. 
public authorities have done nothing but put the boot on the neck of the citizenry. It's people like this that get the world in trouble. It's people like this that hold the world back. It's people like this that define why we didn't have flying cars in the 50s. No, seriously. It's this kind of idiotic behavior where only public authorities that are official and duly elected and quote-unquote recognized by other authorities can do anything. You know, they should probably come and try to wipe my ass, see if they can do it better than I can, because apparently, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wipeable illiterate. I don't know. It's just ridiculous. But continuing on, flared gas Bitcoin mining pioneer Crusoe Energy raises $505 million. Holy crap. Bitcoin Magazine, Sean Amick has it. Crusoe Energy, one of the pioneers in using stranded natural gas to mine Bitcoin, has raised $505 million in capital split among equity and corporate credit capacity, according to a press release. The investing round was led by climate technology investment group G2 Venture Partners and will allow Crusoe to pursue large-scale Bitcoin mining. Quote, the capital provided in this Series C financing unlocks Crusoe's ability to execute on key elements of our vision, Specifically, it enables us to expand and diversify our energy sources, computing workloads, and vertical integration, in quote, said Caruso co-founder and CEO Chase Lachmiller, per the release. The round brought $350 million in equity and another $155 million in corporate credit capacity to Caruso. In addition to developing large-scale mining operations, the miner said it would recruit talent to expand its team from 157 to 250 people by end of year, strengthening its cloud computing infrastructure and expanding its methane eliminating digital flare mitigation data centers. Bitcoin mining enables oil producers to sell gas they accidentally find while drilling for oil, not only bringing more profits to those companies, but also contributing to the environment as such energy sources are commonly wasted due to lack of nearby pipelines. Denver-based Crusoe helps these companies capture otherwise wasted surplus gas from their energy production, convert it into electricity, and use it to power data centers and Bitcoin mining operations. The firm estimates that Bitcoin mining allows carbon dioxide equivalent emissions to be reduced by over 60% compared to routine flaring. Quote, after a deep dive into flare mitigation and modular data center technology, We concluded that Crusoe is the clear leader in scale, operational intelligence, talent, vision, and proven commitment to environmental standards, said Ben Cortlang, partner at G2 Venture Partners. Following the investment round, G2 Venture Partners will join the Crusoe board of directors with Valor Equity Partners, Bain Capital Ventures, KCK Group, and co-founders Chase Lockmiller and Cully Kavness. Quote, this capital <clears throat> will enable Crusoe to deploy digital flare mitigation at greater scale to use its solution to accelerating renewable energy deployment and to continue innovating in its industry-leading technology, Courtlang said. So Crusoe, getting out there and flaring some shit, man. Nice. I can't wait till they start flaring cow farts. Okay, they're not farts. They're actually burps, but they do contain methane. And I mean, why not just attach a freaking S9 to the back of a cow and just harvest that shit right when they walk and, and poop? I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, what can make beef tastier? Okay, I know. I'm, I'm losing it. It's Friday and I'm excited about going down to Kerrville. IMF, Bitcoin mining allows countries to monetize their energy resources. Yeah, the International Monetary Fund. This may have been a slip up. Bitcoinnews.com has it. And no, bitcoinnews.com is, as far as I know, is not Roger Ver's outfit. Who knows though? The IMF made an inadvertent advertisement for Bitcoin warning that countries could use Bitcoin mining to monetize their energy directly. Another feature, not a bug, was mentioned as the IMF continued to say Bitcoin mining allows these countries to monetize their energy directly and outside the financial system. A surge in Bitcoin and crypto use might endanger the global financial system, the IMF said Tuesday in their Global Financial Stability Report for April 2022. The IMF observed that the Ukraine conflict, Bitcoin and, quote, crypto, revealed the vulnerabilities of the global financial system. It ain't just that. 
<laughs> the repercussions of the conflict in Ukraine on the financial sector are discussed in Chapter 1 of the report. In summary, <clears throat> commodity prices present central banks with difficult trade-offs to make. Many developing and frontier markets are experiencing particularly challenging conditions at the present time. With continuous stress in the property sector and fresh COVID-19 breakouts, financial vulnerabilities in China have remained elevated for some time. It is imperative that central banks take prompt action to prevent inflation from getting entrenched without endangering the economic recovery. Policymakers will have to deal with the fundamental concerns that have been forced to the forefront as a result of the conflict, such as the trade-off between energy security and climate change. The sovereign bank nexus in developing economies is discussed in detail in Chapter 2 of the report, while Chapter 3 explores the risks to financial stability posed by the fast expansion of riskier business categories in the fintech industry, as well as the solutions available. In that summary, we have, during the pandemic, bank holdings of domestic government bonds have increased dramatically in emerging nations. As a result of the country's historically large public debt and the deteriorating sovereign credit outlook, there is a danger of a negative feedback loop that might jeopardize macro financial stability. Policies that target both fintech companies and established banks in a proportional manner are required. Bitcoin doesn't really care about what the IMF thinks though, does it? Tick tock and block after block, it continues to grow in users, hash, nodes, and not to mention the Lightning Network explosion. Jeff Booth, a well-known entrepreneur and author, has backed Bitcoin as a must-have investment at a time when central banks are compounding the nation's mounting debt crisis. The, statement, the statements were made as part of a Twitter conversation about the idea that central banks believe they can somehow avoid a large debt crisis by exponentially increasing the amount of debt that they have. Okay, these remarks came amid rising inflation. Uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell indicated late August that the central bank would no longer see inflation as a major threat to economic development, and that didn't age very well. Earlier, Powell announced that the Fed's top brass had resolved to keep short-term interest rates at 0 to 0.25% for years, with the possibility of inflation exceeding the 2% objective. That too didn't age well with a likely 50 basis point hike coming in the next Fed meetup. Like other central banks, the Fed can alter its mind on what it constitutes acceptable and undesirable inflation rates. This involves printing trillions of dollars for stimulus. Governments must debase their currencies to reduce the debt mountain that they have built. Jeff Booth is one of several Bitcoin supporters pointing out contemporary financial difficulties that resemble those of 2008. His book, The Price of Tomorrow, warns of two alarming economic trends that he believes are often disregarded. It claims that technological advancement and price deflation will lead to widespread unemployment while a debt-ridden global economy looms. Considering this, Bitcoin may be one of the few surviving lifeboats. The IMF advises governments to adopt global norms for crypto assets. And in summary, we have these points. Emphasizing that tighter monitoring of fintech businesses and decentralized financial platforms re are required to limit their risks. We have to regulate financial flows, foster international collaboration, fill data gaps, and harness technology. The international body advises governments to implement coordinated crypto legislation. The IMF recommends establishing a financial action task force to enforce norms against illegal money flows. The IMF's advice comes as the Biden administration explores cryptocurrency regulation. Officials are co coordinating with foreign colleagues on crypto regulation. Legislators in both the House and the Senate have proposed regulations for stable coins, but none have gained any momentum. Uh, because of Bitcoin's unique nature, which has been seen in its users, sovereignty is an advantage of Bitcoin adoption that is sometimes missed. Despite the fact that Bitcoin does not grant them ultimate control over others, it does ensure that everyone is on a level playing field, according to Robert Breedlove. As stated at the Miami Bitcoin Conference 2022, if you are functioning within a group or country controlled by a set of rules, 
and there is a person or group that can create exceptions that you cannot, that individual or group is sovereign over you. These individuals and groups have the authority to break the norms and exploit the unsovereign individual. <clears throat> the most apparent component of Bitcoin's ability to create sovereign individuals is the ability to transact and store your money without seeking authorization. Nobody can make an exception for any Bitcoin owner who holds their Bitcoin wherever they want for what, however long they want. This is conceivable if you run your own node and or store your Bitcoin in a non-custodial wallet. Central banks, on the other hand, possess fiat money and have the ability to make exceptions by printing more. So if you utilize technology to hold the worth of your purchasing power, you should be able to use it whenever, wherever, and however you choose. Bitcoin does away with the requirement for a commercial bank to securely store your assets and deal worldwide. This restores the individual's sovereign capacity to keep significant quantities of cash without fear of a bank or government entity freezing your accounts unilaterally. Central banks have the sovereign authority to produce fiat currencies, which eventually leads to the devaluation of existing currencies in which stakeholders have deposited their buying power. This implies that you can put a day's labor in that gets you, say, three meals. But when you preserve that value for later use, the sovereign central bank's money printing consumes, say, one meal, and your saved value can now only buy you two meals. Bitcoin takes away this authority from central banks or actors like the IMF and argue, assures that no one can make an exception for producing money and depreciating your investments. Let's run the numbers. CNBC.com futures and commodities. West Texas Intermediate taking a hit 1.68% of the downside to $102. Brent North Sea down a point and a half to $106.75. Natural gas below $7 after a 1.57% plunge, $6.84 per thousand cubic feet. And gasoline down one and a quarter back to $3.29 a gallon. Gold, silver, platinum, they're all down. Everything's down today, probably because of Jerome Powell opening his big fat mouth. Peter Schiff not happy about a 0.18% slide on gold to 1944 bucks. Silver is down a full point. Platinum is down 3.8. Copper is down a full point. Palladium is down 1.2%. Agricultural futures are all down except for coffee, which has a half percent gain. Biggest loser today is going to be chocolate at 2.74% to the downside. Next up is sugar, 2.73% to the downside. Uh, and corn is down 1.35%. That's not our corn. We're talking about a different corn. Dow, down a point. S&P, down half point. NASDAQ, ticking up 0.04%. So nothing there. S&P mini down a half point. Real money is also down to $40,194.73. Holy smokes, 2.36 million BTC sent in the last 24 hours. So heavy trading going on. That's almost 100,000 BTC being sent every hour on the hour with an average transaction value of 8.34 BTC and a median transaction value of 0.014 BTC, or about 540 bucks. Block times are still hideously low, 9 minutes and 7 seconds. 0.07 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis, 11 and a quarter BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24-hour period. With a 3.23% uptick in hash rate, we are at 232 exahashes per second. Dogecoin indicator is down to 13.6 United States pennies. That's your shitcoin indicator, by the way. Uh, transactions, we have 6,290 of them waiting on five blocks to clear. $764.9 billion market cap is under just a hair, under 6% of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, you may purchase 20.7 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19 million 18,710.9 of, 
and 3,618.8 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $145.5 million being run over, holy shit, 16,755 nodes. Ladies and gentlemen, we lost almost 2,000 Bitcoin nodes in the last 24 hours. What Can somebody verify that and see what the hell's going on? Uh, Not Bitcoin nodes, Lightning nodes. What the hell's going on with the Lightning Network? We were at just over 20,000 nodes uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we're down to 16,755. Does it worry me? No, not really, but it does beg the question, what the hell happened? In either event, we still have 81,536 total payment channels that we know of, and 72.7% of all of them are running over TORs, associated 11,627 nodes. That's going to do it for Vitals. Part two of the news that you can use, Bitcoin's promise for the fourth industrial revolution by Frankie Wallace, Bitcoin Magazine. Since its inception, Bitcoin has paved the way for broad adoption of cryptocurrencies and blockchain ledger technology. Now, Bitcoin's promise extends into the fourth industrial revolution or industry 4.0. The wave of development and utilization of Bitcoin as decentralized finance for this new revolution carries enormous potential for an increasingly connected global economy. Industry 4.0 is making waves across global commerce. Bitcoin, through advancing networks and accessibility, challenges traditional perceptions of banking and finance. Meanwhile, its capabilities can assist organizations in overcoming the scalability challenges inherent in global trade. From reducing the negatives of the informal economy to empowering international trade through visibility, Bitcoin will come to mean a lot more to world industry in this current technological revolution. We see the promise of Bitcoin in solving both the challenges of cryptocurrency and larger economic issues. Networks like Rootstock or RSK, Lightning and Liquid elevate Bitcoin solutions for modern supply chain visibility and business innovation potential. One of the most promising roles of a digital currency like Bitcoin has always been its global appeal. The decentralized nature of crypto means it can travel around the world safely and immutably without having to be converted or processed through a third-party transaction system. As a result, financial solutions are open to those without access to traditional or international banking systems. Additionally, the opportunities inherent in DeFi systems stand to help elevate developing countries out of poverty and into global financial infrastructures. We've seen such circumstances play out in the growth of Bitcoin in countries like Nigeria, where public perception shifts and crypto applications grow despite governmental oppression and corruption. The value of Bitcoin is too evident for this currency to disappear even in restricted markets. That's because Bitcoin can be used to stabilize fledgling economies using a global standard that no one nation owns in Nigeria. Protesters used it to combat a silencing of free speech, donating Bitcoin to aid groups shut out of centralized banking. This demonstrates the role of Bitcoin in fighting corruption and enhancing one's control of one's own financial assets. Similarly, breaking the mental and physical health strain of financial burdens requires that individuals be able to budget and invest as they deem best. Meanwhile, opportunities on a global stage abound for Bitcoin users. Now, designated networks for managing Bitcoin finances make it easier than ever to engage with these opportunities in a global marketplace. RSK is one example, offering smart contract functionality over the Bitcoin ecosystem. Users can automate financial transactions based on preconditions built into a smart contract. From here, there is unknowable potential in optimizing supply chains and trade deals for mutually beneficial financial gain across countries and industries. Bitcoin uniquely allows for the creation of a wholly decentralized economy Because of the access it provides to a layered, stackable marketplace, developers all over the world can access this functionality to support people and businesses in decentralized financial solutions. In turn, greater interconnected opportunities and more secure finances are possible regardless of where you are in the world. Cryptocurrencies have historically had many rails on their capabilities. 
throttling transaction amount or speed and hampering Bitcoin's usability. This isn't the case anymore. Advancements in Bitcoin networks and smart contracts are eliminating scalability challenges, allowing Bitcoin to engage in commerce as simply as they might with a credit card. Lightning Network is one example of these scalability solutions, capable of processing billions of transactions per second across this layered blockchain framework acts against the limitations of legacy systems by managing transactions off-chain while still storing the data in the blockchain ledger. Therefore, the blockchain serves as both arbiter of authenticity and the enforcer of smart contracts. Such functionality stands to support the growth of smart contracts on Bitcoin networks as the fourth industrial revolution flourishes. Paired with advancing artificial intelligence, these networks enable never-before-possible levels of growth for enterprises. That's because Bitcoin blockchain ledgers and smart contracts can interact with other data-driven technologies to foster unprecedented insight into businesses, behaviors, and supply chain functionalities. The most important tech trends of 2022 revolve around the applications of data in automation and artificial intelligence as a result of Industry 4.0 advancements in these areas. The Internet of Things, IoT, brings data collection potential across business processes. Then that data is stored over increasingly smart cloud systems. AI is the final piece of that puzzle, layering with Bitcoin to produce automated growth solutions. Among these solutions are enhanced security provisions for financial data. Bitcoin blockchain networks support security from the base layer. However, additional security can be layered over the blockchain via the stackable nature of Bitcoin. This enables secure and fast Bitcoin transactions from layer two and beyond. The Liquid network provides precisely these benefits for Bitcoin transactions. Liquid acts like a conversion process backed up by one-to-one -one on the Bitcoin main chain. After converting coins to liquid, users gain greater speed and confidentiality from transactions and can issue new assets like stable coins and security tokens. From here, introducing greater security into financial management can be a convenient process for any party completing and verifying a transaction with Bitcoin. Industry 4.0 requires the means to complete transactions quickly and securely since our interconnected world conducts business at a fairly rapid pace. Bitcoin's layerability and network development features enable enhanced security of financial data even when these transactions aren't occurring on the base layer of the Bitcoin blockchain. Through the power of Bitcoin networks to further security alongside convenience, one might expect Bitcoin to grow in popularity with emerging industry 4.0 tools. Finally, Bitcoin is reasserting its promise in the fourth industrial revolution by empowering greater visibility and convenience in global trade on the whole, reducing global poverty, eliminating scalability challenges, and securing financial data are all steps on the road toward broader Bitcoin integration in world markets. Because this cryptocurrency has the stackability to layer enhanced security and functionality, new data-driven markets have plenty to gain from embracing this technology. As the world continues to struggle with pandemic-era supply chains and cybersecurity challenges, the implications of Bitcoin are more powerful than ever for enhancing the potential of Industry 4.0 in your own ventures. Explore the power and trajectory of these Bitcoin networks and innovations. I don't know how I feel about people calling it the... Uh, the what was it the industrial industrial revolution 4.0 we i don't know man it's just i'm so over the the version numbering stuff we've been in this since you know who developed that as far as i can tell it was microsoft windows 3.0 windows 3.1 and from then on it was everything with a point dot o or a point o after it and it's honestly just come on Let's get over it. Anyway, EU officials considered a BTC trading ban to enforce proposed mining ban. It's now coming out from Cointelegraph and Tom Mitchell-Hill. European Union officials apparently discussed banning Bitcoin trading during a debate on a proposal to ban proof-of-work mining according to documents obtained through a Freedom of Information request. According to a report published by German digital culture organization Netzpolitik, 
Officials from the EU went as far as suggesting that an all-out ban on trading Bitcoin should be enforced in order to curb its overall energy consumption. The most worrying comments from the crypto community's perspective came from a document that detailed some minutes from an EU meeting with Sweden's financial supervisor and an environmental protection agency. These officials suggested that regulators should pressure the Bitcoin community, good luck with that, to switch to a proof-of-stake mechanism instead of its current energy-intensive proof-of-work mechanism. An unidentified official in the discussion said, quote, Ethereum started moving to POS because of its community. If Ethereum is able to shift, we could legitimately request for the same from BTC. We need to protect other crypto coins that are sustainable. We don't see the need to protect the Bitcoin community. End quote. Wow. I don't think they know this trade. I'm just saying, I, I don't think they know. I don't think they understand this trade. I, I really don't. Whatever. Another unnamed speaker suggested that the EU could reasonably place a blanket ban on trip on trading any crypto assets that used a proof of work algorithm. The answer to this question was redacted in the document to protect the ongoing decision-making process, but it brings attention to the fact that the EU was seriously considering such dramatic regulation. When discussing the potential effect of an outright Bitcoin ban on investors and retail traders, the officials were largely unconcerned, claiming that all Bitcoin investors are fully aware of downside risk. Quote, Participants in BTC are fully aware of the volatility of the currency slash investment risk. We do not need additional protection measures, end quote. That I actually agree with. That's why I don't trade Bitcoin. I buy Bitcoin, I hold Bitcoin, and I buy more Bitcoin. That's, that's how I roll. This report comes as Bitcoin's energy usage continues to draw attention from environmental organizations and regulators. According to the University of Cambridge's Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index, Bitcoin mining currently consumes roughly 139 terawatt hours of electricity per year. For comparison, the entire United Kingdom uses only an estimated 265 terawatts, and that was in 2021, according to Statista. At the end of March, Ripple co-founder Chris Larson teamed up with Greenpeace to pressure Bitcoin to change its consensus mechanism to POS, much like Ethereum intends to do later this year. Yeah, let me pause just to make sure that we are crystal clear on this. Ethereum has intended to move to proof of stake since its inception in 2015. We are seven years out and they do nothing but the following. Announce a delay or announce an announcement that ends up announcing a delay. It's just nothing but delay. They didn't intend to do this this year. They intended to do this in 2016, and then in 2017, and then in 2018, 2019, 20, or to 2000, or 2020, 21, and now they're still doing it. Be very clear when you are talking to these people that there, there was not a plan to activate proof of stake in 2022. It was a, there was planned to activate a proof of stake well before 2020, well before 2019. If you understand that, then you understand the shit show that has been shoved down these particular morons' throats and they have completely digested it and have made it a part of themselves. Just be clear on that, okay? The EU's Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee recently voted against legislation calling for a ban on proof-of-work mining. However, these documents do provide unique insight into the links that some EU officials are willing to go in order to crack down on mining-related energy usage. While it appears that POS cryptocurrencies remain safe from sweeping regulatory action in the near term, Bitcoin mining will continue to be a contested issue in the EU. Yes, it will. And they will probably shoot themselves in the head. They will probably make sure that they are the most dependent on the very thing that their enemies control, much like they did with their energy. <laughs> they're one, they're almost solely dependent. The entire EU is almost solely dependent on Russian gas. And guess what? Well, I guess we don't need to get rehash that one. You understand what's going on. Let's, let's, let's take a few steps back and let's think about this from Let's think about Bitcoin from a beginner's perspective. 
and Mark Maria Mararia is no Maria Maria Mararia M A R A I A however you pronounce it approaching Bitcoin with a beginner's mind I'm a longtime student of a spiritual practice that has 365 lessons to help us train our minds with a new way of seeing during a moment of quiet contemplation one of those lessons came to mind and I realized it could be applied to Bitcoin. Lesson number 189 asks us to, quote, simply do this. Be still and lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is. All concepts you have learned about the world. All images you hold about yourself. Empty your mind of everything it thinks is either true or false or good or bad. Of every thought it judges worthy and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the past has taught, nor one belief you have ever learned before from anything, end quote. By the way, before we continue on, that lesson is from worldprayers.org. Uh, in archive prayers, meditations, uh, simply do this. Anyway, so if, if you want to go look for all these lessons, I'm pretty sure they can be found at worldprayers.org. World prayers is all one word. Anyway, continuing on. While the profundity of this lesson cannot be put into words, I've always read it as asking us to approach God with a beginner's mind. Now, you, dear reader, may be wondering why I bring this up. Well, it has become very clear to me that every Bitcoiner must do something similar with Bitcoin and money. We must approach Bitcoin and money with a beginner's mind, which is rare for all but the most spiritually advanced among us. I've observed that pretty much everyone, myself included, has difficulty understanding Bitcoin at first. Often, we reject it as a scam or dismiss it. Sometimes it's because we don't understand money or more specifically sound money. Or perhaps we've been so culturally programmed our entire lives by fiat that we don't recognize the cultural brainwashing we received about money. In a moment, I will restate the above so it's relevant to those of us trying to understand Bitcoin. Only we'll replace the word God with the word money or Bitcoin. This may not be as heretical as you think. I have long believed that our culture worships money and the people who have extravagant wealth. Even sillier is the fact that almost all of us will vigorously deny that we worship it. However, if you're honest with yourself, you will probably see this as true. <clears throat> we tend to pay too much attention to billionaires and give their words or tweets press coverage, no matter how inane the comments. In my opinion, we will learn far more from studying how other cultures in the world in places like Africa and Central America are using Bitcoin. We have far more to learn from them about Bitcoin than they have to learn from us. Here is the lesson from before only restated for all of us genuinely aiming to understand Bitcoin. And I'll only read the first part of it. Simply do this. Be still and lay aside all your thoughts of what you are and what money is. All concepts you have learned about money in Bitcoin. All images you hold about yourself in your relationship with money. Empty your mind of everything you think is either true or false or good or bad. Of every thought it judges worthy and all the ideas in which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought. The past has taught you about money or Bitcoin. Nor one belief you have ever learned before from anything. My call to action is to recommend readers try this. Sit quietly for five or 10 minutes after reading the above and you'll be ready to understand Bitcoin with a beginner's mind. When you get stressed or confused about a financial decision about Bitcoin or money, go back and try it again. Rinse and repeat and see if it doesn't improve the quality of your decisions. One of the common refrains you hear from Bitcoiners is stay humble, stack sats. In my opinion, this exercise may offer you a way to stay humble and operate with a beginner's mind. Another offshoot of doing this exercise may be to help you make right-minded choices about investing in Bitcoin. No one can tell you how to think about money or Bitcoin. Sure, there are many people who can influence your thinking, but you're the only one with the ultimate responsibility. Making financial decisions with a beginner's mind means you stay open to inner wisdom. In my opinion, that radically exceeds an expert level of understanding the technology. I wish you every success upon your journey. 
Okay, so there's the article. And what was never, there was one word that I was waiting to be uttered in this, in this piece, and it never was, but that's meditation. Lesson 189, and no, I'm not an expert in these lessons at all. And in fact, I, I, this is the first I've even heard about them. So even I'm going to go to World of Prayer and see what the hell this is all about. Can't hurt, might help. You never know. It's like praying, even if you're an atheist. What, what is praying going to do, do to you if it doesn't work? Nothing. You're fine. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is this sounds like a meditation practice. And I have been trying to figure out what meditation is, how to meditate for years. And it's never really made sense to me until I went to the acupuncturist for my very first time. And that was just a few weeks ago. Dude puts like eight needles in me because I go, hey, look, I'm a little bit depressed and I'm, 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 I'm like, I need sleep. I'm waking up at like weird hours. Can you help me? I heard, you know, acupuncture can help. And the guy's like, well, we'll, we will give it a shot. It can help a lot of people. There are some people that it doesn't help, but lay your ass on the table and I'll stick you with some needles and let's go. All right. So I get like eight, maybe 12 needles stuck in me, various places, you know, they don't, and honestly, it doesn't hurt. I know it sounds weird, but it really doesn't hurt. And within, I don't know, 15 minutes, I literally had no thoughts in my head. I didn't think about anything for the first time in years. It was quiet. I've ne- I, I, I don't remember ever experiencing that before. After talking to my acupuncturist, I was like, what the hell was that? He said, oh, well, you went into a meditative state. Like, well, fuck, is that what, does acupuncture do that shit every time? I thought I was coming in here for something else. And he's like, yeah, you are. However, it does induce a meditative state. And maybe it was just the pattern of needles that he put in at, at the certain spots that he put in. But I've been three times. And the second time, not so much of a meditative state. But last time, same thing, man. Almost zero thoughts coming into my head. So it makes me wonder, what if I bring lesson 189 with me the next time that I go to my acupuncture report uh, appointment and think about what is my relationship to Bitcoin? What is my relationship to money? I should probably also do that with God and, and the rest of the world, but this may not be a terrible exercise. Because I now know what meditation actually feels like, I might be able to induce it on my own without actually having to go to an acupuncturist. But for right now, I'm sticking with an acupuncturist to figure out if I can get better sleep and all this. And while I'm there, maybe if I focus on just this one question, even I'll learn more. Because I've been lied to about what money does, what money is, where money comes from, and what it means to other people for the entirety of my life. That's got to be damaging to the spirit, to the soul, to my ability to operate on this planet. It has to be nothing but devastating, which is probably why not a billionaire, because I don't think about money the way that other people think about money. That's okay. I actually don't want to be a billionaire. I know that sounds stupid, but I I literally don't want to deal with the bullshit. Anyway, lesson 189 Simply do this. Let's move on. Ukraine bans Bitcoin purchases with local currency amid martial law. Helen Parts is going to tell us about the idiocy from Cointelegraph. The National Bank of Ukraine continues taking measures to prevent capital outflows amid martial law by enforcing major restrictions on cryptocurrency purchases. The Ukrainian Central Bank officially announced on Thursday a set of restrictions on cross-border operations prohibiting individuals from buying cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin with the national fiat currency, the hyvna, or whatever the hell you pronounce it as. Ukrainians are now allowed not are, are now allowed to buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies only with foreign currency, with total monthly purchases limited to $3,300 United States dollars. The relevant limit also applies to international peer-to-peer transactions. Yeah, good luck with that. According to the announcement, the NBU has deemed crypto purchases as quasi-cash transactions alongside operations like electronic wallet deposits, foreign exchange transactions, and travel payments. By adopting restrictions on such transactions, the central bank aims to prevent the 
quote, unproductive outflow of capital from the country amid martial law. Quote, the relative changes <clears throat> or relevant changes will help improve the foreign exchange market, which is a necessary prerequisite for easing restrictions in the future, as well as reducing pressure on Ukraine's international reserves. See, I'm going to pause right there. This, I believe this is one of the sentences that gets programmed into you that makes you think about what money is in a very flawed and self-destructive way. I don't think that sentence is true. Did I get a PhD in economics and, and go sit in on Steve Hankey's class at frickin' Purdue or wherever the hell he is, Georgetown? No, I didn't. And I don't think I have to. I think that we're being told how to think about money from the people whose best interests are served by telling us the wrong information. Or they really believe it themselves and they were taught by people whose interests were best served by delivering false and untrue information. And this is the way propaganda works like a meme. Just saying. The central bank admitted the need for international transactions has massively increased amid martial law with millions of citizens being forced to leave Ukraine. However, the NBU cannot afford unproductive capital outflows, which include investing in cryptocurrencies. The announcement notes adding, quote, quasi-cash transactions are mainly carried out to circumvent the current restrictions of the national bank, in particular for investing abroad, which is prohibited under martial law. Therefore, the relevant transactions should be interpreted as leading to unproductive capital outflows, end quote, and my chicken is out there crowing. Sorry. According to the NBU, the Ukrainian government adopted the relevant changes as part of the NBU board resolution from April 20th, 2022, which entered into force on Wednesday. Some Ukrainian banks have adopted such restrictions already, according to several sources. Pravat Bank, the largest commercial bank in Ukraine, reportedly prohibited its consumers or customers from purchasing BTC with UAH in mid-March. The restrictions apparently raise eyebrows as the Ukrainian government has been actively working to legalize cryptocurrencies amid martial law. In March, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky signed a new law to establish a legal framework for the country to operate a regulated crypto market. So here we go. We have in Bitcoin has injected itself into the worldwide system and is clearly causing ground level confusion amongst world leaders and institutional leaders of the world. These guys can't make up their mind. First, they took a shit ton of, of, of cryptocurrency donations to do whatever it is that they did with it during uh, while we're in this Ukraine Russian thing. And now they're prohibiting their own people from being able to purchase Bitcoin with this fiat bullshit money that they're holding on to, like it's actually going to last past this entire fallout with Russia. It probably won't. In either event, we see the confusion that the injection has made. We see the confusion that Bitcoin is putting on the ground at boot level. And this is why you have people like the IMF freaking out. It is, it's like a slime that spills onto the ground and is just unceasing. It's unrelentless in its progression upon the ground to get as thin as it can and cover as much as it can as quickly as it can. And if you get your boot stuck in it, then you're hosed. If you, if you have been one of the people perpetrating the lies of financial literacy, you are definitely one of the people that are going to get fucking hosed. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Friday, and I'm heading down to Kerrville, Central Texas, a.k.a. the Hill Country. It's nice down there. It's really pretty in the spring if it would frickin' rain, 
but alas, there has not really been any rain down there, so I doubt that I'm going to see the explosion of prairie flowers that I would normally see in the Texas countryside around this time of year, and that is sad. However, flowers aside, or no flowers aside, uh, the place is absolutely gorgeous. It's, it is Central Texas and the Hill Country is not to be missed. Beef Initiative Conference going on starting tomorrow, 9 a.m. Be there or be square. Dad has words for you. Every morning for the past six months, I announce loudly to my family that I'm going for a jog and then I don't. It's my longest running joke of this year. Get it? Running joke. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.